Hey, this is Murray Valeriano, host of the Road Stories podcast. You can get for free on iTunes. Subscribe today. I'm in a green room trying to go over my set, but I've got to introduce Jason Love. You're listening to the Labor of Love podcast with the very funny Jason Love. Murray Valeriano kicking it off from the back of the improv, taking the opportunity to plug his podcast. <laughs> Opportunist. And can you believe there's another comedian with a podcast? This market is saturated. I'm getting out. I haven't done a podcast in forever because, one, I've been busy and blah, 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 like everybody else. And two, I've loaned my microphone to a venue, and I didn't want to resort to talking into my phone. In fact, I have no idea how this is going to sound later. I have this cool Zoom sound system thingy to record podcasts on, and I'm not using it. I'm actually on a ship right now, so I have a lot of spare time. They took my internet away. Mm-hmm. When your voyage is up and you have to get off the ship and get back on, you have to settle your accounts, and they take away your internet. And I have to wait until tomorrow and drop another $100 on dial-up connectivity. Just watching the wheel, watching the little circle go round and round, like John Lennon said. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. Getting loopy, and my voice is uh, a little shot. It's done some shows here. This ship, by the way, we've just sailed into a tempest. I've never felt a ship <clears throat> rock like we've been, been rocking to the point where I had to keep going upstairs outside for air and on the way there, grabbing the walls like you would in, that's what it felt like, turbulence on an airplane where you're grabbing the chairs just trying to walk down the hallway. I finally asked one of the longtime crew members how bad it, this was on a scale from zero to capsize and he said a five. I think he was trying to be butch. Because if that's a five, then seven means that we're all dead. But uh, in fact, the the uh, rocking was so bad that they canceled the Cirque du Soleil rock concert that they had planned for that first night that I was on board and swapped it with me, which is fine. I'm here. I'm on call. I'm ready. But half the people who came were expecting a rock concert Cirque du Soleil and instead, they got me. I'm not even sure all of them spoke English. A lot of children and, and Europeans. And uh, I did my best, but I got to tell you, uh, that one was uh, not the best show. It was a little, little rough. And I got off, and the cruise director mentioned it. And my heart sank. And I questioned all of the great shows that I've had and this confidence and this you know kind of self-esteem that I've developed and now I'm really challenging myself for real to write even more and be ready for every situation even people who didn't see comedy coming and may or may not speak English the ship next to ours is German and they don't even have a comedy club I talked to uh, one of the German ladies, and that surprised me because Germans are known for their sense of humor. <laughs> Joke number one. 
Everybody, pull out your calculators. I will tell you when to laugh. <laughs> it's like uh, Heidi Klum judging comedy on America's Got Talent. I have a nightmare, a recurring nightmare, where I wake up and everyone in the audience is Heidi Klum. But uh, I did it, and I, I had a, a kind of a sinking feeling. Even though I didn't bomb, I didn't do as well as I needed to for a theater show. And all of a sudden, my job was on the line. And even the second show, although it went well, I really needed it to be a grand slam standing ovation. And that it was not. So my overall grade may be, uh, you're not coming back. I don't know. You never know how these things go. I do my best. You know, it's, I show up and do my best, and I write, write, write. And tonight I'm going to write more because uh, that's all I could do. All I could do is all I can do. So I'm on the ship with too much time to think. I'm used to doing three shows a night. This ship, I get three days off. I don't need that much time, especially if my love Patty is not here. In fact, I want to dedicate this podcast to Patty because she is my rock and the thing that uh, makes me feel that well-being that I had as a child when you have unconditional love, you know, like a soulmate. That's the, the feeling that I have. And she, f you know, I, I feel filled up with that even when other people in my life are hard to reach and non-responsive and don't seem to care so much. It's like one person can, can be that whole thing, uh, which is great and also eventually devastating. Yeah, they call that anticipatory grief when you start thinking ahead to the fact that uh, one of us is going to go, <laughs> unless, we, unless we just do it like Thelma and Louise and hold hands and, and drive off the cliff together, you know, the cost of loving deeply is grieving deeply. But sometimes I'll get like panic attacks in advance over that thing, whether it's um, Patty dying or me dying. I'm here to cheer you up. Thanks for tuning into this comedy podcast. This is a labor of love podcast with your host, Jason Love, talking about dying. But it's really more about being grateful. Let's keep it there. Because this is a woman who met me just as I was starting and decided to stick with me anyway and buy into the life of an artist. She's also an artist and very creative. She's a gypsy. So in that sense, we're like um, Benny and June, except it was Sam and June. That movie was mistitled. Should be Sam and June. That's kind of what we're like, just peas in a pod. And we got along from the very beginning to the point where one week after we met, we couldn't say goodbye. The goodbye would take an hour. I wrote her a poem. She met my dad. <laughs> it moved very fast. But she could have passed me by for somebody with deeper pockets and better prospects. But no, she bet on this guy, this horse. And to tell you the truth, I feel obligated to make good on it, to let it pay off for her because she's had to make all the sacrifices of an artist without getting the reward and the rewards along the way. So, in fact, in the beginning, Patty would go with me 
to almost every show and chart my jokes indicating on the page by way of a happy face, a sad face, or a neutral face, how the bits performed. And then afterward, I could look at it like a scatter plot and see the work that I needed to do and the, the, the places where I could mine and, and go further. She really accelerated my growth. And I have hundreds of these charts at home. And that was just the first couple of years, I guess. Uh, and those were just the ones that I kept and she didn't go to the malls. It's, it's amazing. She slept with me in a, excuse me, she um, slept alongside me. <laughs> this is the family podcast, gotta keep it clean. In, in a car, in her car, in San Diego, because uh, it was that tight. Money got real tight in the beginning. And when we woke up after this uncomfortable six hours of back of the car sleep, there was this guy outside our car, not looking at us, but overlooking the ocean. We were in San Diego, pretending to shoot people in a, in a very animated way. It's like, it's like your worst nightmare. Like you wonder what's lurking outside your car. First thing we see, a guy pretending to pluck people with an imaginary rifle from the top of this cliff. It was a, it was a watershed moment for me. It was a, it was a, a wake-up call, which we would have had if we had stayed in a hotel. These are the kinds of sacrifices that this woman has made. And I read that financial hardship is the number one reason that relationships break apart. And it did make things extremely stressful for us because, you know, we were living collectively, like the two of, both of our incomes were less than the poverty line. And we had to cover rent and food and all the stuff that people have to cover just squeaking by squeaking no margin for error no one's allowed to break a bone washing machine cannot break squeaking but we survived it there was some uh there were some tense moments there was some back and forth but um we have long since retired that uh that phase and i'm really happy that we survived the financial hardship but that's kind of the reason that I work as much as I do now, whether it's fear or just survivalism. For instance, I opened for two years for a semi-famous comedian whose name I will not mention because he turned out to be abusive. But um, he was probably making 200000 a year, if I had a guess, maybe a little more. He still has that same thing, again, whether it's fear or survivalism, where he was uh, still taking toilet paper <laughs> and uh, leaving me to tip the, the driver as we went into hotels. Yeah, the guy making 8000 a year. <laughs> Leave him to tip the driver. I'm sure there's a lesson in there. I'm missing it. I'm being ungrateful. But I think I've got that now, and I work with that kind of um, Scarlett O'Hara, I will never be hungry again, but also because <clears throat> I want to reward Patty for sticking with me and 
supporting me unconditionally, speaking of unconditional love, from the beginning. And here's the story. We, um, <clears throat> this was again early on, we, we, I was booked to do Parlor Live in Bellevue. And this was during that real financially stressed, tight time. But Patty and I had airplane vouchers. So we decided to use these two plane vouchers to to fly to Seattle and make kind of a vacation of it. Only thing is, when you're living on $8,000 a year, vacations are horrible. It's a horrible idea. There's, there's no money to spend. So then you're in a really beautiful place and can't do anything about it. Can't do anything. And Seattle has a lot of cool stuff to do. But we get there, and Patty is a born traveler, gypsy, wanderlust woman. She loves to travel, loves to taste everything and experience everything, and gets visibly excited, which made me excited. Like I'm, I'm making my my soulmate happy in some small way. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something right. And we get to Seattle, and the show schedule's not tough. That's not a problem. The crowds there are great. The, the management of Parlor Live is like the best, the best in the country. So if you're out there in Seattle, um, give them your business. They deserve it. Good guys there. So we're doing the shows, but uh, again, I'm stressing out. I'm probably breaking even between the, the travel and the hotel and the car and all of that stuff. I'm not being sponsored by this semi-famous comedian. I'm on my own doing the, doing the middle act. can't remember. I think the Sklar, was for the Sklar brothers. But uh, Patty and I, um, by day, now have time to fill. And what we really want to do is experience Seattle. So we go down and do everything that you can do for free. They have their marketplace. I think that's what they call it. With the flowers, the original Starbucks. There were four black guys singing a cappella outside this gospel music. I'm like, all right. And all of this is happening for free. And that's very much on my mind. And uh, Patty gets a horchata. And things are going great. And I'm and really satisfying to me. And then we go, hey, let's go see the, the space needle thingy, right? Why not? That's, that's like, a, like a, one of the landmarks of America, one of the seven wonders. Okay, it's not one of the seven wonders. In fact, the stupid structure is not even as big as the skyscrapers surrounding it. You can get a better view of the city by taking an elevator up, of, up a nearby skyscraper and looking down on the Space Needle. And that's free. But the Space Needle, 25, was it 25? I think it was 25 each to take an elevator ride to the top. Yeah, therein lies the rub. And now I'm sitting here with a horrible decision. I don't know where my bank account was, but it would be like, uh, (laughs) it'd be gambling. Like, come on, like swipe the credit card. Come on, approved. Yes. Do I want money back? Oh, I don't know. Double down, double down. So I was 
fretting and it was causing me a lot of stress and, and fear and, and feeling like I wasn't going to make it as a comic. I think that's the deeper fear that if I went broke, then I'd be forced to check into a cubicle and I wouldn't be able to escape. But I also wanted to keep this relationship that meant the world to me. And, and so the un- unstoppable force was hitting the immovable object. And so we sat at the bottom of the Space Needle kind of thinking about it. And Patty understood what was happening. But I think maybe for the first time, or I don't know for the first time, but it caught up with her. It visibly caught up with her, the frustration of it. She also didn't have money. She is coming off of her own transition out of real estate following that uh, the big bubble bursting and people got real catty in the real estate business, and Patty is not down with that. So she moved back full-time into permanent makeup, where she makes people happy, and they appreciate it, and they pay her. But at that time, didn't have a lot of work. So two poor people were sitting at the base of the Space Needle, and this, and around the Space Needle is this whole compound of stuff to do. There's a, a gallery, an art gallery, and laser show and water and all kinds of museums and then homeless people yeah they say the space needle is like a beacon for heroin addicts and starving (laughs) artists we're on this lawn next to perhaps a heroin addict definitely a homeless guy he was friendly enough i was i mean i wouldn't leave my phone on the ground or anything but he seemed nice and Patty and I were sitting there and in this moment of sheer frustration for uh, being at the bottom of the Space Needle and not being able to afford to get to the top of the Space Needle and look out on Seattle which is all Patty wanted to do instead of complaining and grumbling and pecking at me as a man or as a human being she pursued her own art of photography and she put sunglasses on the ground and position them in a way where the space needle, the round part at the top, looked like pupils in the sunglasses and took a picture of the sunglasses reflecting the space needle. She later framed that, blew it up, framed it, and entered it into the Ventura County Fair uh, photography competition. They didn't go for that one, but they're stupid. I think there's nepotism going on there. I saw the ones they picked. We got robbed. I want to recount. But to show you what this beautiful person, my lady, did with that moment still touches me, and I don't want to have any regrets in life. And I'm trying to not judge myself for it because I feel horrible about it uh, that I couldn't provide for. And if I, if I had spent the money, we would have found a way. We always find a way. And now that, we've, now that we're more comfortable, I'm looking for opportunities to make it up that moment so that I don't, so that I, that doesn't torture me when one of us dies in case we don't go over the cliff like Thelma and Louise. So we did make the most of that trip, but I just remember that moment defining how I felt about myself as a, as a man, the sense of like disappointment and disillusionment. And I think it fuels how hard I work. And ironically, I'm working so hard and become so busy. Not only can I not produce these 
fantastic award-winning podcast for you that but that uh I I don't have a lot of uh, spare time to make it up to Patty. So that's what I'm doing now, looking for opportunities for a day away, two days away, where we can do shit. Yeah, I cussed on my family-friendly, award-winning podcast. We can do shit. And I'm on a ship right now kind of reflecting on all of this stuff. Patty and I just watched a master's class with um, on the Oprah channel. Yeah, I watched the Oprah channel proudly. She's the, she's the best person in the world. And uh, James Taylor was uh, talking about how we need to endure or tolerate a certain amount of loneliness. And he said it in such a fatherly way. Like, uh, you can do it. You're strong. Yeah. You can, you, can, you can hang through this. So instead of having panic attacks because I've been left alone with my thoughts on this ship, I'm turning it into opportunities for creativity, not just writing, 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 and also working on the most important thing, which is uh, my relationships and specifically with Patty, who is my soulmate. And so this podcast goes out to you, love, if you listen to it. I know Patty doesn't listen to a lot of them. She's also busy like the rest of us. But um, this is Ode to Patty. After two days of turbulence, my seasickness has gone away. I've gotten my wits back, and I realize that uh, I'm in love still. I'm a lucky man. So thanks for listening to my story. I'll smell you later. Bye.